0: Go talk to Dan Hasty, Tigers baseball. February means pitchers and catchers uh, reporting. Dan joins us. How are you doing, my friend?
1: Uh, Bill, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's weird still to be at that place where we're starting to talk about spring training again. It, just, it doesn't feel like we're quite there yet. But then again, I, I guess this is the, the high time for optimism this year. This, this time of year never fails.
0: So uh, the question I uh, kind of was thinking about during the last break, I wanted to bring up to you first. From a year ago, when you and I were talking about the 2022 anticipation on the season spring training, there was a big vibe uh, across Michigan, the Tigers' nation, and now it almost feels like they've hit the restart button.
1: And and I think when you bring in a new lead decision maker at, at the top, the way the same, you know, the Tigers did with Scott Harris, I think, you know, and this is what's hard because when you're a fan, what you don't want is back-to-back rebuilds, right? <laughs> you, know, you you just you don't have patience because you've already waited so long through the first one. But unfortunately, when somebody else comes in, we, we have to give them the same opportunity and the same patience that we gave the last person. So I do think that, you know, it, it is a rebuild upon a rebuild. The slate is much cleaner for Scott Harris than it was for Al Avila. There was obviously some some talented players, and and a big part of the reason that Al didn't ultimately succeed was that he didn't get talented enough players, or the players he got, they weren't able to develop them properly. So you know you, you think about that, and now how many of those guys, how many of those assets does Scott Harris walk into getting? Well, probably not very many. But I think there's a stronger background there, and I think they pay attention to the details that matter a little bit better. So. I'm willing to give it a little time. I think everybody else should, too.
0: Yeah, so let's talk about this team. If the regular season was starting tonight, uh, what would be their pitching rotation? Who would be their opening day starter? And what's that one through nine lineup look like for the Tigers?
1: You know what's funny is that, you know, talking with a couple of people about this, and, you know, I don't think that the Tigers have, you know, any type of, uh, you know, an intimidating rotation but I also don't think that they have the worst rotation in their division. I think it's decent. I mean, you think about the guy who's probably going to be the eighth on the staff, at least to start the year, and that's Eduardo Rodriguez. He finished the year well. Obviously, he was a little bit hit or miss in terms of his availability last season. But especially down the stretch, he was pretty good. So, you know, but, but to that point, I mean, Eduardo Rodriguez is probably – a two, more than likely a three in a really good competitive team's rotation. So you think about where he is. They're not going to have Casey Mize this year. I think they hope to get Spencer Turnbull back in there. I think they want Matt Boyd to be a part of that. I think they're hoping Derek Scoble comes back. And then you got to see what you got with Matt Manning, who was better down the stretch last season. So, you know, again, it's not the best rotation in the American League or anything close to it, but I don't think it's the worst as well.
0: What do you think is going to be the biggest surprise? Maybe it's somebody who makes a roster that isn't on the radar right now that could be there uh, with the Tigers on opening day. you have a name or names, Pearl?
1: Yeah, I mean, we've seen a lot of those guys in West Michigan. It's kind of what we do over there. So we get a chance to see these guys who we realize are big league caliber before most people do. And I think that, by and large, one of the big areas that The Tigers are going to have, I don't want to say open auditions, but they've got a lot of spaces to fill is in their bullpen. And to their credit, they took the best pieces that they developed from last season, that being Joe Jimenez, that being Greg Soto, and they flipped them for what I thought to be decent returns. And, you know, a lot of position players too. How long have we been just clamoring for guys like that, right? So I'm, I'm encouraged to see what they can do, because in my opinion, last year, their bullpen was their strength. And Chris Fetter, who does a remarkable job with what he has, I think I expect them to do something similar this year. I think guys who were successful at the double A, maybe triple A level last year, will probably get a real opportunity up in Detroit at some point. And I expect them to succeed because I think they have a mentor and a tutor who really knows his stuff in Chris Fetter. So for me, there was a guy in West Michigan two seasons ago named Brendan White who very quietly got snuck on by the Tigers to their 40 man roster. They did not want him available in the Rule 5 draft. He has got, you know, in this age of spin rates, he's got a slider that compares to just about any slider in Major League Baseball in terms of its spin rate. It's considered to be elite. They really like how he complements that with a fastball back and forth. He's really, really good at double A last year. I think he's going to get a chance because I think he's going to get every opportunity to show, especially considering he's on the 40, man. So for me, opportunities in the bullpen. I think Brendan White, who's now a top 30 prospect, kind of towards the back end, has a real case there.
0: Uh, Who do you think uh, has a lot of work to do uh, to stay in the rotation or stay in the everyday lineup? They'll get the respect because of the money they're making or their time in Detroit, but that there may be a young batter arm ready to take their job or jobs, plural. Who would be on that list?
1: I mean, you've got to produce in order to play, right? I mean, this is a result business. And to that end, I mean, you have to be good to a certain point. And so I'm looking at Miguel Cabrera. I mean, he's obviously done quite a number of amazing things for that franchise. And of course, he is going to probably have a statue in Comerica Park someday. But, you know, look, I mean, it's his last year of his contract, and he's already stated that he's going to hang him up after the season. So, you know, I think you milk him for all he's worth. I think if he can give you anything, a hot start, whatever it is, you enjoy it. I don't know how long that's going to last. I mean, he's 40 years old. The body has been breaking down for years now. So I keep expectations low there. But, again, he's got to produce. And there are clear options aside of him To get those opportunities and and if anything i I think he knows he's at a stage in his career where if he can't do it himself he's going to take a step back especially with it being the last year of his deal and especially with everybody knowing what his plans are so he can take on a different type of role with this team so there's that and then on the pitching side I, i think it's matt manning for me i have always been super impressed with his stuff and just at the very end of last year that it suggests like it was finally starting to come together at the big league level. So I'm hoping that he really learned a few things right there down the stretch. And I'm really curious to see what that looks like this season.
0: So if you were guessing a win total over under for your Detroit Tigers in 2023, where would you start with that number?
1: (laughs) Well, what was it last year? I mean, they won just a little over 60 games, right? And the year before that, they were at 77. You can make the argument that they overachieved two years ago. You can make the argument that they underachieved this year. Look, I mean, this is the year that Scott Harris needs to just see what he has. He needs to figure out what cards he has at the table, so that way he can figure out what he needs to go forth with in the years ahead. So, This is very much a developmental year. A lot of guys are going to be getting opportunities. I mean, Scott Harris has said, point blank, we're saving at-bats for younger guys. He wants to know exactly what he has. So I would say I would be expecting something in the ballpark of 70 wins this year. I want there to be more, but I also want him to know exactly what he has, because at that point, then you can really start to make some moves, especially with money coming off the books after this year's Cabrera's contract is up.
0: Dan Hasty, he is voice of the Tigers' high affiliate, the West Michigan Whitecaps. Also, basketball voice of U of D, uh, Titan Basketball. Check it in on the Meyer guest sign. So, is this a, well, I think it's a rebuild year. That That's an obvious uh, statement. Uh, are they now, here we go again, and we went through this a lot with Avila, thinking that this was going to be the year, this was going to be the year. Uh, are they two years away? Are they a year away? Are they five years away from contending? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it it really
1: comes down to if they're able to effectively develop what they have. And as you and I and everybody has seen, the the, the most, I said the majority of Tigers players are young players who we've been talking about as minor league prospects for a while now. So, you know, look, they've got so many of these younger players and it was clear that they weren't completely developed properly leading up to this point. And I do think that that worm has started to turn a bit. Ryan Garko, when he came in as director of player development, really, really liked the results. And they speak for themselves in the minor league system. I mean, they've been able to turn a lot of guys who just could not figure it out at the minor league level, Wenzel Perez was a guy. He was totally not considered a prospect anymore. Then he blew out of the water last year. He was outstanding. Parker Meadows was another guy who really clicked in the gear. So there's guys that have figured it out thanks to the guys in player development, especially what they did last year. So now it's just about taking that and continuing to apply it throughout, most importantly, to the guys at the big league level. Because I do think that these guys are all talented. I don't think you go through being a successful minor leaguer and then just fall on your face in the big leagues. I think it's a lot about coaching. I think it's a lot about effective development. And I think they finally have that in place.
0: So Danny, uh, when you look at the Central this year, uh, and you think about the Tigers, are are they... Are they the worst team going in the 2023 in the AL Central?
1: I don't think so. I think the Royals are probably right there. I think, I mean, the Guardians just do an outstanding job. It always seems like they have another talented young player coming up to, to fill a spot, and of course, they've got some of the big guns at the top. Your Jose Ramirez is of the world that are just outstanding. But you know, Guardians, Twins, they were able to bring Carlos Correa back after. Uh, I think you played for two other teams this offseason, right? So I, I think the Twins, the Royals, i uh, rather the Twins, the Guardians, those are probably sitting at the top. The White Sox, I mean, they were never really able to maximize their window of opportunity. still think they've got some talented players, and I think they could catch some lightning this season. But I, I think it's those three teams as your contenders, and then there's a pretty big drop-off between those two teams at the bottom in Detroit and Kansas City.
0: All right, so uh, let's move on Uh, from your basketball broadcast, from what you've watched this year. uh, Who's the best basketball player you've seen either for U of D or that has played against U of D or that you've watched on TV? Best college basketball player in America as we head to March Madness.
1: I mean, there there are some great players. I mean, you, you look around the landscape, and I mean, I know I'm biased because I've been able to watch the nation's leading scorer, and Antoine Davis, I mean, look, nobody puts the ball in a bucket the same way that Antoine Davis does. I mean, you know, some people have called it daddy ball because he is the son of the head coach, the longtime head coach at Indiana, Mike Davis. He took over for Bobby Knight once upon a time. Went a couple other places. Now he's here in Detroit, but You know, his son has really held up his end of the bargain. You go on a lot of teams, especially at the college level, and the coach's son is the star player, that dynamic doesn't usually lend itself to decent results. And they have been competitive, which is a lot more than you can say for – where the regime was before Mike Davis came in and, and, and where they've been trying to get. But look, I mean, a lot of the great players that are at that age are playing in the G League, to be honest with you. But Brandon Miller is a sophomore, South small Fort in Alabama. He's tremendous. I, I wouldn't be sad to see him wearing a Pistons uniform next season uh, can really do quite a lot. Anthony Black is a shooting guard at Arkansas who can do a lot of things as well, um, <laughs> and one of our favorite names in all of college basketball, Grady Dick from Kansas. He's also someone you might want to keep your eye on there, Bill. So keep an eye on Grady Dick.
0: I will. Uh, I'm I'm googling it right now, and uh, the images coming up aren't what I expected. But uh, yeah, that happens sometimes. That guy has some big numbers this year. Uh, we'll keep up to date on. Grady Dick, I uh, will bring you updates uh, throughout the March Madness campaign here on the huge show across Michigan. Danny, I love you. I can can't wait. massively huge numbers. Yes, I I'm telling you. I mean, the dude's just he's amazing. Uh it's 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 unbelievable, Dan. Uh your your basketball insight and knowledge, I think you should just give up ba- uh baseball play-by-play play and stick with hoops, okay? I don't
1: think they'd like that very much in Grand Rapids. They love I'll you, man. Are you
0: waiting? Are you waiting to take? Uh, who's going to do? I know Shep is back. Morris is out, and he was pretty gentlemanly about you know uh, being out. Monroe's going to be the main guy. Uh, I think Petrie's going to stay in studio with uh, York and Keating. Uh, who is Price done doing the Tigers radio network games, or is no, someone I, else? I believe he's back. I, I, I believe he's back in maybe a, a
1: home games only right. role this season. So I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. I I will tell you that I loved the moves that Valley made to bring in Cameron Maven and Todd Jones. Cameron Maven did a really nice job on the yes network. He's going to fit in exceptionally well on those broadcasts. And then Todd Jones, I mean, look, there are a few players that cared more about that old English D that they were wearing as much as Todd Jones. I know he caused people to lose some years on their life. But he is somebody who never wavered when it came to how much he cared about that baseball team. So I think those two hires are just sensational. I think people are really going to enjoy those two.
0: All right. Thank you so much, man. We covered a lot here. It was one of the most amazing interviews ever with Dan Hasty. Dan, I appreciate the time, my man. It was huge, like Grady Dick. Thank right. you so much, Bill. Thank appreciate you. Yeah, Dan Hasty, follow everything connected to the Whitecaps and the basketball career of Grady Dick. Just follow Dan Hasty. On Twitter, at that Dan Hasty. Is that his Twitter handle, right? At that Dan Hasty.